the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. U.S. putting troops on heightened alert. The risk of uh, conflict remains real, uh, and we continue to call on Russia to de-escalate. Grizzly murders in Wisconsin. Cops found four men and one woman dead. Surging food prices are changing buying habits. As the inflation rate has hit the highest levels in four decades, shoppers are increasingly looking for ways to lower their food bills. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, January 25th. I'm Mike Scott. The United States is putting 8,500 troops on heightened alert amid ongoing tensions with Russia. White House correspondent Greg Clugston reports. Concerned that Moscow is planning to invade Ukraine, the Pentagon is putting troops on alert for potential deployment to Europe. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki. We've always said we would reinforce our allies on the eastern flank. No final decisions have been made on deployments, which the Pentagon said would happen only if the NATO alliance decides to activate a rapid response force or if other situations develop in connection with tensions over Russia's military buildup along Ukraine's borders. Greg Clugston, Washington. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has requested an all-member briefing on the evolving situation in Ukraine amid growing concerns of a Russian military incursion. Correspondent Bernie Bennett has more on this. Pelosi's office didn't immediately provide further details of the request, which was first reported by Punchbowl News. However, the request further demonstrates Capitol Hill's interest in the conflict as support for Ukraine has emerged as a rare bipartisan point among lawmakers. Russia has amassed at least 100,000 troops along Ukraine's border, sparking fears that Moscow may launch an invasion. In 2014, Russia invaded and then annexed Ukraine's Crimean Peninsula. The Kremlin has denied its plans to invade Ukraine, but diplomatic engagements have been unsuccessful at trying to get Moscow to draw down its forces. Bernie Bennett, Washington. British Foreign Secretary Liz Truss tells reporters that Russian provocations call for solidarity among democracies. What we are facing is a serious global issue of aggressors seeking to advance and challenge freedom and democracy. And it's very important we work with all our allies around the world, because if there was an incursion into Ukraine, that would have implications not just for Europe, but also more widely globally. NATO Secretary General Jens Stolenberg says the alliance is strengthening its defenses in response to a buildup of Russian troops near Ukraine's border. Today we discussed um, Russia's continued military buildup in and around Ukraine. The risk of uh, conflict remains real, uh, and we continue to call on Russia to de-escalate and choose the path uh, of diplomacy. The United Arab Emirates says it has stopped two ballistic missiles over Abu Dhabi. Correspondent Charles de Ledesma reports. 
Authorities say the missile firing claimed by Yemen's Houthi rebels is the second attack in a week targeting the Emirati capital. Videos on social media show the sky over Abu Dhabi light up before dawn with what appears to be interceptor missiles racing into the clouds to target the incoming fire. Two explosions later thundered through the city. The missile fire further escalates tensions across the Persian Gulf, which previously had seen a series of assaults near but never indisputably on Emirati soil amid Yemen's years-long war and the collapse of Iran's nuclear deal with world powers. I'm Charles Diladesma. A grim discovery in Wisconsin. Authorities have found five people dead in a Milwaukee home in what police are investigating as multiple homicides. Police responded to assist with a welfare check Sunday afternoon at the residence where cops found four men and one woman dead. That's what Milwaukee Assistant Police Chief Paul Formolo tells a news conference. The victims' identities are pending. Assistant Chief Formolo also says the motive and information regarding any suspects remain unknown. That's correspondent Andrew Stewart reporting. Assistant Chief Formolo says there's no information of a threat to the community. The Detroit area high school where four students were fatally shot reopened Monday for the first time since the school was attacked in November. Appearing in a video, Oxford High School principal Steve Wolf says the community has been through so much together. We've been grieving together. We've been praying together. We've attended funerals, vigils, and memorials. And we have been absolutely heartbroken. And we've been angry. Yet we've been determined to carry on. Democrats are paring down their expectations after a number of high-profile setbacks. Bob Agnew reports. Reality is setting in for Democrats in an evenly split Senate where the majority party has often failed to muster all of its members. A weakness on display last week as the Democrats failed in a bid to change the filibuster. Moderate Joe Manchin continues to oppose his party's massive Build Back Better legislation and its nearly $2 trillion price tag. The party is now looking to pass a number of smaller bills in the hope of generating less intraparty friction and garnering some bipartisan victories. Bob Agner reporting. The conservative-dominated Supreme Court on Monday agreed to hear a challenge to the consideration of race in college admissions, adding affirmative action to major cases on abortion, guns, religion, and COVID-19 already on the agenda. Supreme Court reporter Mark Sherman reports there are decades of Supreme Court precedent in favor of affirmative action in college admissions. Often the court gets involved when lower courts come to different opinions about the same legal question, but that's not the case here. The lower courts have routinely upheld the use of race in college admissions based on Supreme Court precedents. The Supreme Court's interest in taking this case is a strong suggestion that there may be a majority on the court for overturning those precedents and limiting, if not eliminating, the use of race in college admissions. Texas Governor Greg Abbott wants parents more involved in what their kids are learning in school. At a campaign stop this week, the Republican incumbent says if he's re-elected, he would sign a so-called parental bill of rights to make parents the primary decision makers in education and health care issues of their children. 
Some of the governor's goals include allowing parents greater access to education materials and to be able to make decisions whether to have their child retake a course or repeat a grade. Educators say Abbott's promise does nothing for parents and will only hurt schools. Ron DeRockster reporting. Sarah Palin's positive tests for COVID have forced the postponement of a civil trial, which was set to begin today. Correspondent Julie Walker reports. The judge says if Palin has recovered by February 3rd, the trial can begin then. Palin's had COVID before and urged people not to get vaccinated, saying over my dead body that I'll have to get a shot. The former Republican vice presidential candidate is suing the New York Times, claiming the paper damaged her reputation in an opinion piece that she says falsely asserted her political rhetoric helped incite the 2011 shooting of then-Arizona Representative Gabby Giffords. The newspaper conceded the initial wording was flawed, but not in a way that made it libelous. Julie Walker, New York. The website childtaxcredit.gov has been launched for those needing help claiming part two of their child tax credit. AP correspondent Shelley Adler reports. The IRS has launched a revamped child tax credit website meant to help people who were eligible for the expanded tax credit under last year's pandemic relief bill claim the second half of the payment they were due. The website includes a new tool that will help filers determine their eligibility and how to get the credit. Many families became eligible for the credit after President Biden expanded it as part of the $1.9 trillion coronavirus relief package. Families received half of the expanded 2021 credit on a monthly basis, and the other half will be received once they file their taxes. I'm Shelley Adler. Surging food prices are changing buying habits. With food prices going up, customers are having to pull back on weekly shopping and increasingly turning to lower-priced store brands for butter and other grocery items. As the inflation rate has hit the highest levels in four decades, shoppers are increasingly looking for ways to lower their food bills, like buying in bulk. That's correspondent Ken Lormand reporting. Thousands of workers are back on the job at 80 Kroger-owned stores, in Denver. More than 8,000 workers at Kroger owned King Super Grocery Stores in the Denver area are back at work to start this new week. The unionized employees have been on strike against the grocery chain until last Friday when they reached a tentative agreement. That's correspondent Keith Peters reporting. The FDA is curbing the use of antibody drugs that are ineffective against Omicron. Correspondent Mike Gracia reports. The Food and Drug Administration is revoking emergency authorization for COVID-19 antibody drugs from Regeneron and Eli Lilly because they are unlikely to work against the Omicron variant. Omicron now accounts for nearly all coronavirus infections in the U.S. The antibody drugs have been promoted by some Republican governors and then-President Donald Trump was treated with Regeneron's antibody combination after he tested positive for the coronavirus in 2020. There are all Alternate therapies, including two new antiviral pills from Pfizer and Merck and an antibody drug from GlaxoSmithKline, but all three are in short supply. The FDA says if the antibody drugs prove effective against future variants, it could reauthorize their use. Mike Gracia, Washington. The world's biggest, most powerful space telescope arrived at its observation post one million miles 
from Earth. And Donahue reports. And liftoff. The James Webb Space Telescope lifted off last month. The mirrors on the $10 billion observatory still must be aligned before science observations can begin in June. Klaus Pontepidden with the Space Telescope Science Institute says this telescope could answer a lot of questions. Are we alone in the universe? Where do we come from? Where do we go? The universe is so huge. You know, you'd think that out there somewhere there will be life. But we don't know. We have to build large instruments to tell. Astronomy professor David Helfand at Columbia University says the James Webb Telescope is different than the Hubble Telescope. The James Webb Telescope is optimized to see in the infrared part of the spectrum, which gives us a whole different set of information about the universe. The telescope will also scan for possible signs of life. I'm Ed Donahue. Dutch police say they have found a stowaway alive in the wheel section of a plane that landed at Amsterdam's Schiphol Airport from South Africa. The man who survived a death-defying journey is against the odds conscious and able to communicate. The Dutch authorities are still trying to establish who he is plus how and where he managed to get himself into the wheel section of the Cargo Lux freight flight. It's likely he will apply for asylum in the Netherlands, but a spokesperson for the Dutch military police told the BBC his medical treatment is the priority. Stowaways rarely survive long flights due to the cold and low oxygen at high altitudes. In the past five years, seven stowaways have been discovered on planes in the Netherlands. Only two of them were alive. BBC correspondent Anna Holligan reporting. And finally, he couldn't see, but he led many people to safety. A blind man who rescued five people from the rubble of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building during the Oklahoma City bombing has died. Raymond Washburn was 75. Washburn owned and operated a simple snack bar when a truck bomb ripped through the building April 19, 1995, killing 168 people. Washburn later described how he led his customers and one employee out of the building and how he his ability to get around without being able to see was actually an advantage. Jason Walker reporting. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.